All right, today we're going to have a lot of fun. Be prepared to give yourself a raise. Be prepared to start optimizing your cash flow. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott. So welcome back here, everybody. Yeah, I'm feeling fired up. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll stop that. No more of that. <laughs> I'm just having some fun in the office here today, recording some uh, some content, recording some materials. About to hit the road here very shortly. Uh, heading out to Ontario, putting on some mastermind programs for some of my inner circle clients. Putting on, uh, heading out to a couple events, hitting out to the podcast circuit out in Eastern Ontario, connecting with some wonderful people, just, you know, going to have some fun. You know, get out on the road again, get out there to connect with the people once again. So if you're on my email list, maybe, you know, if you're not, you know, what you're waiting for, um, jump in there. Uh, you know, if you're interested in getting on the email list, I'm going to be probably publishing, you know, a little bit of a speaking tour uh, where we're going to be, places that we're going to be at, stuff like that. So if you're interested in coming out and seeing a, maybe a live event or uh, a mastermind or something like that, get on my email list and we'll uh, we'll dive headfirst into that for you. Okay, gang, I, I had to pull a quick uh, pivot. What is that? Wouldn't that be maybe the pivot? Wouldn't that be like the the buzzword for the last two years? Is it's like. Like, seriously, when when do you stop pivoting? Like, it's just been, honestly, it's been like one continuous pivot. But I did. I did a pivot on my content that I was bringing out. I had a wonderful, I, I let um, the episode with Steve Sims, which is the episode before this, episode 132, let that run for a couple weeks because it was just such a wonderful, wonderful experience and one wonderful conversation. And then I also had other ones keyed up and they're already in the can, they're ready to go. But I kept having a similar conversation. The consultations that I was having with people, with my coaching clients, with my inner circle uh, members, uh, my group programs, just having the same conversations over and over again. And what I've been doing is I've been preparing my inner circle ever since, uh, geez, I think I started doing this in the, in the summer of 2022, as I saw the interest rates starting to rise. Um, you know, it's putting compression and putting a little bit of pressure on the cash flow. So I started really leaning in and engaging the community, engaging the inner circle clients with the tools and resources and the strategies, how to navigate through the waters of a raising a rising interest rate. Now, I've been through markets that have had significant uh, significantly higher interest rates than what we are now. And I've been in markets that are at, uh, you know, virtually zero interest rates. So I've seen everything in between. You know, not one of those people that have only seen low interest rates and astronomical uh, rising property values that just go up skyrocketing year after year after year. I've seen all the markets. I truly have in this wonderful game of 20, she's coming on 25 years in this business. So here's the point I'm trying to get to is I've been training and supporting my inner circle client members since the summer. And I've just been having conversation after conversation after conversation with all my consultations with people that aren't part of the inner circle. So what I decided to do was bring out some of the training materials that I've been uh, helping out with the, the inner circle, bring it out to more of a public format. Now, here's the thing is I consider anybody who is... Um, on listens to my podcast and if you've listened to every one of my podcast episodes i would consider you an inner circle client um 
of a different inner circle. There's multiple layers of inner circles, obviously. And I would consider you, if you've taken the time and effort and commitment to keep listening to this podcast, um, I want to honor that with providing you with timely, relevant content that is important and makes a difference. So that's what this one's all about. Um, I'm going to keep this one tight about the context, but here's how I'll set it up. Is These are just conversations I've been having over and over and over again is how do we manage our cash flow? How do we operate this business as a rental housing provider in a rising interest rate environment? So what I've sat down, and I think it's about 50, it's probably about an hour, and I put together a presentation with some of the best of the best strategies that I know, things that people are using, um, ones that, um, that will work in your marketplace, and just dove into it. So that is what you're going to get from this episode is just we're going to just dive into it and we're going to break it down into three buckets on I'll I'll share the framework with you on this. But most important is about the strategies. Dive into them, execute, implement. That's the key thing here, gang, is, you know, this could be a very entertaining podcast for you to listen to. However, if you don't do anything with it, you know, might as well have just skipped on and listened to something else. Okay, gang, with all that being said, let's just get after it. Hey, gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So I have a fun presentation here for you. It's gonna do, I'm going to do a presentation style. I'm going to probably share it on both podcast and YouTube channels. This is an important one. This is one that I get questions in, and it's almost like I have the consultations every single day about, okay, Russ, the interest rates are going up. You know, we all know that. So what do we do? How do we optimize our cash flow? That's really the question that we're people are asking. Interest rates are just, uh, it, they are what they are, right? Interest rates go up, interest rates go down. I'm going to dive a lot of deep uh, information into that and um, here have a lot of information to share with you. But the crux of the matter that you really are wanting to know is how do you increase your cash flow? How do you increase your cash flow to offset the rising cost of the interest rates? Okay, now, if this is the first time if you've been here and maybe you're brand new to my channel, my name is Russell Westcott. I help real estate investors start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. All right, gang, let's get after it here. There's a lot of, uh, you know, myths and myth conceptions out there. There's a tough one to say uh, about what's going on. So what I decided to do for everybody here was to, to share a presentation, okay? To share a presentation about how do you optimize your cash flow. That really is what we're trying to accomplish here. Is And what I'm going to do for you here today is I got two promises, two big, bold, grandiose promises for you. I'm going to provide you with strategies to optimize your cash flow in any market condition, but especially in a rising interest rate market condition. And the second promise I have for you is I'm going to provide you with real-life solutions to help you navigate forward. That's the most important part is, you know, the interest rates are going up and they have been going up for a better part of the la- oh, this year. And the most important thing is, but so what? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to run and hide or are you actually going to do something about it? Um, I'm from the camp of let's do something about it. Let's be proactive because... You know, when interest rates swing back and forth, back and forth, I want you to be ready 
to run full speed when interest rate changes again. But the most important thing is your ability to adapt. It's not the resources, it's the resourcefulness that you have at your disposal. Okay, gang? So that's what we're going to dive into today. Those are the two big lofty promises that I have for you. So first and foremost, um, what I want everybody to do is maybe we just need to take a big, giant, deep breath as a starting point. All together now, everybody, if you're watching this or listening to this. All right, let's just take a big, giant, deep breath, right? So, you know, it's not the end of the world. Interest rates are going up. Interest rates have gone up. And interest rates will maybe go up again. And then also interest rates will go down. So it's not the end of the world, okay? It truly is about what you're going to do with the conditions, not what the conditions are. are. And I had an early mentor of mine that once shared this is, you know, he just said, let's just ask a better question. Is what is this market good for? Not, you know, what is the market? What is the interest rates? What is all this? But what is a strategy that works in this market? What is this market good for? Okay, so guys... Just make sure we have a big, giant, deep breath before we, we, we jump forward here. But before we do um, jump in here, what I do is want to just offer a little bit of perspective, okay? So here's some perspective that I've had for the past, you know, 20 years of doing this. Lending, interest rates, it's like a pendulum. You know, like the video showed on the ticking clock of the hand that goes back and forth. You know, it's always in constant flux. It truly is. Capital ebbs and flows, Right. If you understand the lending game, capital is always available and you just truly need to just adapt and pivot. It truly is. So sometimes um, capital is as tight as Homer Simpson is in a wetsuit. Oh, hang on. Wait for it. Oh, sorry. I I have to tell you when you have to laugh at my corny jokes. (laughs) So, but but seriously, sometimes capital is extremely tight and then sometimes capital flows very, very freely that all you have to do is, you know, you're sitting there, you go to your mortgage broker and your mortgage broker goes, okay, here's a mirror, breathe on it. What do you mean? <sighs> okay, you fogged a mirror, here you go. Here's your, here's your mortgage, right? Handing it out like Pez dispensers, right? <laughs> if you will. So truly capital just does ebb and flow and we just need to pivot alongside it. Okay, gang. So one of the things I want to share here is I want to talk about this first before we dive into some of the analysis is there are leading indicators, there are leading metrics, there are leading fundamentals, and then there are lagging ones, okay? Leading and lagging. And I always want to ask the question, is this a, one of those leading things or one of the lagging things? So for example, I'll give you, here's an example of that. So a leading one would be interest rates. Obviously, interest rates are going up, okay? Interest rates are rising. A lagging indicator or a lagging uh a fundamental is your rents are probably not keeping up with the interest rate increases, okay? In some marketplaces, you know, if you have rent controls, it's pretty tough to really have your rents go up. But uh, an example is I invest in Alberta, our interest, our, our rates are in, our rental rates are increasing, but they're not increasing as fast as um, the interest rates have gone up. However, um, you know, we have to lock in our rates for a year, but next year I'm going to be taking an interest rate increase again, and that's the lagging of the leading of the interest rate. So I'm going to take a rental increase in a year from now, the lag, 
from the interest rate that's happening today, which is the lead. So let's we're going to use that as a little bit of a context and a little bit of a background as we go forward is talking about um, lend, leading and lagging um, fundamentals. All right, so let's dive into this. So, so before we dive into all the strategies, and I have a, a lot of strategies to share with you here, lots, ton of them, like a, an entire plethora. Before we dive into that, I'm going to talk about a few do's and don'ts, okay? So a few things you need to do and a few things that you should probably stop doing. So first and foremost, do number one would be you do need to engage in the process. You truly do. Um, this is not a time to go and run for the hills. This is not a time to back away. This is the time to get even more engaged. This is the time to engage in your masterminds. This is the time to engage in your coaching even more. This is the time that you really truly need to engage. You need to book a time with a speak with a professional. You need to look at the long-term picture, the economic fundamentals. Look at the long game. You Remember, remember, I'm going to look you in the eye here for a second. I'm looking at you. When you got into this game of real estate, remember? You remember way back when you got into this game of real estate? And some of you, it's been only the last couple of years. Remember, you said, well, I'm in for the long term. I'm in for the long haul. This is the long game. We're going to play the infinite game. We're building legacy. Now, all of a sudden, a little bump in the road and an interest rate increases and cash flow is starting to get really tight uh, on a short-term basis. You're sitting there going, oh, well, I'm out, right? It's over, right? So, but remember, you said you were going to be into this for the long term, right? So make sure you look at the long-term fundamentals, the economic fundamentals, the in-migration, the population growth, the GDP growth, the uh, people that are in the area. Are they working? Are they earning more income? Are people spending? Are, are all, the, all the indicators that you look at for a wonderful marketplace? And then really, you just need to lean into this exercise that we're about to go through here today. So I would highly encourage you to make sure you have a pen, pen and paper handy. Come back to this video and podcast very regularly because you will be engaging in an exercise that I will walk you through here very shortly. So those are some of the do's. Now, some of the don'ts could be just the opposite of what I just said for the do's, but really don't make any knee-jerk reactions right now. Like, honestly, don't throw, I think I used this term yesterday, it was don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because interest rates have gone up. Don't throw out the property that you have. There, there are many strategies, which I'm going to share with you here today, that you can take advantage of. Don't run away, hide, and ignore. That's a, that's a challenge. And that was one of the things I did early on in my investing career. Whenever there was some challenging times, whenever there was a little bump in the road, you know, you run for the hills, right? And you ignore and you just pull the cover over your head and said, la, 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 everything will be fine. Everything is going to just work out. No, this is the time you need to grab the steering wheel with both hands. You grab that sucker with both hands because you got to captain the, the ship. You're the captain of the ship and you got to steer it through some rocky waters, right? You need a good lighthouse that's pointing the direction. And that's what my intention of this video and this podcast is, is to be a wonderful lighthouse resource for you to point you in the direction you need to go, but you need to grab hold of the, the wheel with both hands and grab it firmly because you need to steer the ship to the shore. Do number three is don't get caught up in all the headlines, right? You've seen it. You know, honest to goodness, <laughs> just jump on Twitter for about uh, 47 seconds if you follow any people uh, in the real estate industry. Uh, don't get, I'm not, I, I go there for information. I go there for perspective, but I don't get caught up in the drama. Now, I'm not perfect. And, and many of you are probably the same way as it's tough sometimes when you see a big giant doom and gloom headlines. Oh my goodness, I need to pay attention to this. Pay attention, 
but don't let it dictate your your actions, okay? Follow the people that have been through this. Follow the lighthouses that have been to this that are pointing you to the direction. Follow the people that have been through the challenging times and have come out the other end that are still, you know, as Elton John would say, is I'm still standing, right? I say that because Elton John's coming out to, to Vancouver here. I think it's tonight. Yes. So so make sure you are still standing at the end of this. And not only standing, you're running full speed ahead. Okay. The last one is don't put your dreams and your goals on the back burner. This is a big key thing. Is just because a few things have pivoted. Okay. Just because interest rates have gone up. Maybe some of your values and some of your properties have actually gone down. Oh, geez, they haven't, they're not going up astronomical 30 plus percent per year over year over year. They actually will take a pause and a break and they'll actually, I mean, in some cases they're coming down. Don't put your dreams on the back burner, okay? You got into this whole game of real estate for a reason. You got in for, for, for a reason. You got in for a reason of maybe financial freedom. You got in a reason to help out family members. You got in for a reason that you can have the freedom to do whatever you want, be there at a moment's notice for a family member or friend when they need you. When they're in need, you're there and you're not, you know, uh, you can't tell them, no, I can't be there, but you just, you're there for them. You know, maybe you're having the birth of your, of a child. You can take the time off to have that birth of your child or grandchild. And then you can just be there with your family 100% as opposed to having to do something else. Okay. So don't put those dreams and goals on the back burner. Actually, this is the time when you need to lean into them even more. Okay. So all of that has happened. All of these things have happened, you know, in the marketplace. It's happened. So more importantly than what has happened or what is happening, if maybe be a better way of putting it, because I'm recording this in live time, in real time of as things are happening, is uh, what are you going to do about it? Right? Like seriously, it's not about the resources, about the resourcefulness. I've said that now probably three times. Okay, is you need to lean in, you need to engage, and it's more important about what you do with this than what exactly is happening. So before I dive into this, I do want to offer one huge big disclaimer. Maybe my lawyer, my accountant, and everybody is getting in my ear and say, Russ, you do need to offer a disclaimer here. So here's the disclaimer. What I'm about to share with you is my personal opinion. It's not it's not advice. It's not investing advice. It's not advice what you should do. You need to 100% seek personal and professional advice. Your results will vary. I think I heard the term recently is your mileage will vary. So make sure you have a conversation with your mortgage brokers, your accountants, your lawyers, people that are on your team to get personal advice. Because things that I'm going to share with you, some of you might be just going, well, Ross, that just don't work. That just don't work. That don't work. That don't work. Well, you know, it has worked for somebody. Somebody has able, been able to figure it out. I'm sharing things that I'm seeing out there, things either I personally have done or people I've helped and coached through the process. So in some cases, it does work. Maybe not in every case 100% of the time and probably not in your case. I don't know. I can't answer that. But there's only one way to find out, isn't there? The only way to find out if it's going to work for you is to just go do the work engage in this process and figure out if it works for you. Okay, so enough of that um, disclaimer stuff. So let, let's get into um, some context about what I'm going to share with you. So here is the context. Number one 
is what I'm about to share with you is going to be what I would call buffet style. I'm just going to lay out a big giant buffet. Now, if you're from, you know, I'm from Saskatchewan. We, we, you know, we go to a restaurant. We used to call them smorgasbords, right? And and I remember when I first came out to BC, <laughs> I said to, to my lovely wife, you know, at the time, and I was going, geez, I'm, you know, we're going to go to a smorgasbord. She goes, what the heck is a smorgasbord? And I go, well, yeah, it's where they put out a whole bunch of food in there and you just pick and choose one thing from this, from that, from the other. You don't like the broccoli down there. You don't like that stuff over there and stay away from that over there. But it's just a big giant. Oh, she goes, oh, you mean a, a buffet? And I go, oh, is that is that what they call it out here? <laughs> <laughs> right, so so I'm going to talk. I'm going to lay this out buffet style. I'm going to lay out a whole bunch of platters for you of things for you to do. Some will apply, some won't. But I, enga- I implore you, or strongly encourage you, to engage in the process to figure out what works, what doesn't for you. Okay, so that's the buffet style. Now, here's the mindset I want you to reframe from a little bit. Is the following: is I want you to think about. I can't do something or that won't work to what can I do? What will work for me? So I know Russell shared this strategy of the re-advanceable mortgage strategy of taking your, um, you know, your mortgage that has a principal and interest, converting it into a re-advanceable product, and then paying back the, the um, mortgage pay down on a, on a monthly or every six months you pay that back and stuff like that. You know, think about it as, well, what can I do? Maybe there is something that here in this smorgasbord of uh, of ideas for you as well. All right, so that's what we're going to do. Now, for some of you, you may see the ba- the background picture here. Is There's pros and cons to everything that I'm about to share with you. Like in life, there's always pros and cons. Is there not? There's pros and cons to if you want to be in real estate or stock investing. There's pros and cons to if you want to do this strategy or that strategy. There's pros and cons if you want to refinance. So that's what I'm here for you to do. But the lens that you want to look at through this, mostly, you know, the lenses that you want to look at through this is mostly the time and the experience, time and expertise. Like some of the strategies I'm going to talk about will take some time, your own personal time. Some of them will take an expertise that you maybe don't have right now, but don't ever shy away from that. I had one of, and there might be some complexity in some of these things as well. And I had once in my, my early mentor, I think it was a lawyer, yeah, it was a lawyer of mine. He shared with me and we were talking about some structures and stuff like that. And I was just going, oh, I'm just, I'm so confused. This makes no sense to me. He goes, well, don't, don't be afraid of complexity. Like, embrace it. Lean into it. You may not, not understand it now, but this will make sense to you down the road. So if something seems complex to you now, lean into it. You just never know what will transpire out of it as well. Okay, so that is the pros and cons. Now, I'm going to share a real quick video clip here for you. Now, if you didn't understand, that was. So So this uh, clip here that I'm about to share with you, let me just set it up a little bit. So if you, you know, this is pretty gross, right? Pretty graphic when you see this clip here. For some of you, you're, you, you know exactly the clip that I'm talking about. If any of you are Monty Python fans, The Meaning of Life, where the one scene where the, 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 the large fellow walks into the restaurant and he walks, walks in and he goes, sits down and goes, give me everything on the menu twice. <laughs> he just wants everything on the menu. He's just going to gorge until he explodes explodes, right? And he just sits down and he just starts eating and eating and eating. And then the waiter comes out, John Cleese, towards the end with the dessert. And this is what uh, what he comes out with at the end. So I'm going to just play a short piece of this clip here for you as well. 
Finally, monsieur, a waffle-thin mint. Bah. Oh, sir, it's only a tiny little thin one. Nah, I'm full. Oh, sir. Hmm? It's only a waffle-thin. Yeah, I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Bugger horse. Just, just one. Um, just one. Just the one. Now, I'm not going to play anymore because maybe I'll have a, a YouTube strike of things here. He offers him a, a waffa thin mint. <laughs> and then what happens here is uh, he eats this and then all of a sudden he just explodes, right? The, the, the gentleman who is eating explodes and it's quite gross. And there's everybody's vomiting and everything. If, if you know the scene I'm talking about, you probably have a big giant smile on your face because you, you remember it. You probably had a little <laughs> moment to yourself of thinking about this. Or if you haven't, it's a wonderful clip. So, so here's the point I'm trying to get to. I'm going to be offering you a pile of strategies here today in buffet spot, in smorgasbord style. I'm going to offer you so many things that your head's going to spin and you're not even going to know where to even start. There will be, I don't I can't even remember I count. I think there's 20 plus. I, I probably should count how many there are. There's at least 20 strategies here, implementable strategies for you to do. And all you have to do is just pick one, pick one at a time, but I encourage you to lean into all of them. So what I'm going to be is you're going to feel like at the end is I'm going to be offering you a waffa thin mint. <laughs> okay. So let's just dive in here, guys. Let's go forward. Okay. So Russ, you've been teasing us with all this kind of stuff. So what are what is this three-step framework that you're about to talk to us? So here we are as we're going to talk about how do we optimize it. So here's the three steps. I'm a big fan of frameworks. I'm a big fan of formulas. I'm a big fan of acronyms. I'm a big fan of making things bite-size. Uh, oh, hang on. Bite-size. Oh, wrong button making things bite-sized so you can actually digest them and you don't actually explode, right? So here are the three steps you want to think about. So we're going to talk about our income, first and foremost. We're going to talk about all income opportunities. We're going to talk about our costs. So think ICE, I-C-E, I is income, C is cost, and E is extend, okay? So I-C-E. Now, when I first got putting this together, as I was sitting there going, okay, well, really what you want to do is you want to increase income. So up income, you want to down costs, decrease costs, and you want to extend. So I was originally calling it the, you know, the up, down, sideways plan. I think I like that just as well, but ice sounds cooler, doesn't it? The ice man, right? I'm icing, I'm icing this baby, right? So up income, down costs, extend mortgages, up, down, sideways. So that's the plan that we're going to be talking about here as uh, going forward. Okay, so first and foremost, so here's some strategies for you to talk about for increasing your income. So strategy number one we're going to talk about is maybe something you want to do is maybe you want to convert some of your properties into short-term rentals. Okay. I was having a wonderful conversation with uh, one of my clients out in the Okanagan and she was sharing with me, I think I might get the number a little bit off, but I'm going to be pretty general here, uh, pretty close. Um, she generated $35,000 on one of her short-term rentals in the Penticton marketplace, 35000 in only five months. Okay. And she said that that would have equaled out to what she probably could have got for an entire year. So she generated her entire year's um straight tenant rental 
in five months. So now everything that she's going to be doing from here forward for the next seven months of of the 12-month cycle she's going to do is gravy to this. So short-term rentals. Or another uh, conversation I was having with a wonderful uh, colleague of mine, um, I think she has 18 um, short-term rentals and she's targeting places in the Fraser Valley of workers that are on uh, working on the Trans Mountain Pipeline. And she's doing phenomenally well with them. Nine of them she owns and nine of them she arbitrages. Now, I'm not going to get into to too many details about that, but maybe I'll ask her to come on my YouTube channel and podcast to share what she does and how well she's doing with her short-term rental business. Like, it's doing phenomenally well. All right, so that's short-term rentals as a strategy. In and of itself, like I said, remember time and expertise. That could be an expertise you need to learn, but it could very well be a strategy you want to look at. Uh, furnished units at the same time. Maybe you don't want to go to short term. Maybe you want to go furnished, like my good friend Derek Peaver. And if you've listened to my podcast or YouTube channel, you've seen a lot of information. Derek's been on there multiple, multiple times of how well he's doing on his furnished units. And I think he's getting like six thousand dollars plus in some of his uh, furnished units on his short term, on his executive rentals, corporate rentals, relocation, and in betweeners, as he calls. I'd encourage um, new construction is a really good thing to take a look at too during this time because it actually starts, it cuts down some of your cost, which we'll talk about later. But importantly, it's actually a new property does get more more rent than a uh, resale property. So new construction properties do very, very well. That's one of my favorite ones as well. And maybe at this time, maybe you need to start pivoting your market. Maybe you need to start looking at a a different marketplace. Maybe uh, the market that you're in is um, you've capped out on your rents and your 2.5% rental increase next year isn't going to quite cut it for, for for, for the foreseeable future, a.k.a. All you BC investors, shh, right? So if you're out there and you're you can't raise your rents to keep up with your costs, maybe you need to start divesting of your marketplace and getting into a, a different market. So maybe you need to start pivoting your marketplace. All right. So and then a couple more strategies you want to take a look at here as well. So the next one is maybe you want to consider doing a rent to own. Maybe there's a property that you're thinking about that you do want to sell it. Maybe you approach the tenant that's in there right now and you approach them, maybe they want to buy it. Or maybe you put it on the market as a rent-to-own property. So you put it on the market as a rent-to-own, you have somebody come in with a deposit, you have somebody come in with a rent plus also an option to purchase, plus you also can cut your expenses a lot. You potentially don't have to manage it, you potentially don't have the maintenance costs. Now, understand pros and cons to all of this is you are now putting your property up for sale, but it could be a cash flow enhancer while you're waiting to potentially sell a property you want to sell. Maybe you want to look at student rentals. Maybe you just have shied away from student rentals in the past because you you were doing really well with your straight rentals and your cash flow was really well and complacency was really good. And, you know, why would I want to ha- do a hassle of student rentals? Maybe just lean in and do some student rentals for the short term. You know, and then the last two things I'm going to mention here, these ones are, um, you know, they can be a little, what would be the best word? They can be a little confrontational. But or they can be a little controversial. Maybe let's talk about this. So what I would encourage you, number one, is to raise your rents. Um, where you are in your jurisdiction, for example, if you're in Ontario, I think Ontario's next year is two percent. BC's two and a half percent. You know, take them right. So so increase your rents as a starting point. You know, sixty three bucks is still better than zero. Okay, it all adds up. It all makes a difference. So make sure you do raise your rents. The next thing is. Um, 
you know, or or for example, like I said, Pivot Market, another jurisdiction. I know I've taken, um, in, in some cases, I've taken 10% increases on my, my rentals because I'm in Alberta and we don't have rent controls out in Alberta with my rentals. And in some cases, anytime a tenant has left, I bumped it up to marketplace and it went up even more. So make sure you're at market and study your market. The next is negotiate with your clients, like negotiate with the tenants. I've... Um, you know, what does that mean? Like, it could mean as, as follows. It could mean cash for keys, which is, you know, fairly controversial, right? You could potentially go to the tenant and sit there and go, look, uh, uh, I would like to buy you out. Uh, I would like to offer you some money. And if you sign this form that you're leaving and stuff like that. So that's one way is negotiate with the tenants. Or one of the things that I've helped some of my clients do of late is I've helped them uh, when they're negotiating is just have the open a conversation with your tenants. And the conversation could go with something as the following is number one is, you know, hmm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not sure what I want to do with this rental property. I'm actually thinking that I might sell it. You know, I just want to know you, Mr. and Mrs. Tenant, what is your intention? What are you looking, what, what is your long-term intention? Do you want to keep staying here or are you looking to buy? Like, what is your intention? Because I'm thinking about maybe putting the house up for sale. And then just listen to the tenant. Listen to them. Find out. Maybe you might find out. Like one of my clients out in in, uh, St. Catharines, he had that conversation with his tenants. And he found out the tenant was wanting to leave and the tenant left within a month. Right? And if he didn't, he just... He just opened up the conversation with them. And he's now getting, I think he's getting $1,000 more on the re-rental. Or another one of my clients out in Ontario had that conversation with the tenant. And the tenant said, you know what? I want to stay. I love it here. I want to stay. And, and then the, the, the uh, one of my clients said, well, you know what? I'm still thinking about potentially uh, renting. I'm going to have a realtor come through. They're going to do a walkthrough. We're going to get an assessment. And then a couple months have gone by. And they, they were serious that they were going to sell it. They listed it. Uh, the realtor came by and eventually the tenant just said, and they're serious about selling it. They were really serious about selling it. Um, however, they haven't had an offer yet, but the tenant has just kind of said, you know what, we're, we're going to move out. So I think it was three, four months after, three, three months after the tenant has now moved out. And now my client is still interested in selling. They've priced it appropriately. But if the market, if it doesn't sell in the market, they're not going to give it away. So then they're going to re-rent. And I think their next uh, tenant is that's coming in will, if they choose to re-rent, they're right in the middle of selling it. If the next tenant comes in, will probably be another $600 more a month. So make sure you check your strategy, raise your rents if you get that opportunity. A couple other things too is these are what I would call rental enhancers that I want you to, to fully engage here. So rental enhancer number one would be parking. Do you have an opportunity to add some parking? Maybe charge for parking. Maybe you're in an area that has no parking available whatsoever and you can start charging for the parking. Um, one of my clients in Saskatoon, he um, as a student rental, and he had an opportunity to add, I think it was three more parking stalls, two or three. For sure, two, I think it was three. And he was going to get another uh, $75 to $100 a month. So if that's another almost $300, there's $3,600 more there uh, by just adding in a few more parking spots, okay? Um, adding a shed. Like one of my clients shared a strategy is, what they had was they were, you know, they had a garage and then the tenant was leaving and then a new tenant was moving in. And what they did was they put a, a shed on there for the tenant to store all their stuff in the shed and then they rented out the garage separately. Okay. 
or like I said, garage. Maybe there's an opportunity to, for you to rent out the garage. Now, there's pros and cons. Like I said, always pros and cons to everything if this works for you or not. So those are just some of the enhancers. So, so remember the ICE formula, up the income, down the cost, extend amortizations, extend mortgages. So that's the income one. So did you find something in there that you can execute against? Did you find something in there about that you're gonna take action? Because remember, it's about the action that you take, which is the most important. Sure hope you're enjoying all the strategies in this episode, and we're gonna jump right back into it in a second. But before we do, our good friends from Streetwise Mortgages has a wonderful announcement to share with everybody. So they have a wonderful announcement and I'm not going to try to steal all the thunder from Dahlia. So with all that being said, take it away, Dahlia. Hey Canada, I'm so excited to share some great news with you today. Streetwise Mortgages has expanded its reach to service investors across multiple provinces. This includes Alberta, British Columbia, New Brunswick, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Investors in these provinces can now tap into our exclusive financing roadmap methodology. This is the methodology that helped thousands of investors scale up their portfolios beyond what they had initially envisioned. It is a custom financing roadmap that will give you crystal clear clarity on financing to grow and scale and optimize your portfolio. There are eight building blocks that we go through for every investor, including assessing where you are currently, getting clear on your real estate investment goals and what you're looking to achieve, because financing has to enable the achievement of your goals. Then talking about how are we going to align capital sources and where is the money going to come from? What makes sense to use first in terms of money tool and when? You got several money tools available to you as an investor, including equity, private money, joint venture partnerships, commercial financing, A or bank financing and alternative financing, even RSP financing. So what do you use and when is going to play a huge role into the uh, success of your portfolio and building a strong foundation. Number four is maximizing your borrowing power as you scale up. You want the lenders to continue to say yes, and you want to get access to the best cost of money. And if you don't go strategically about that, you will hit something called the financing wall. So in the customized financing roadmap kit, this is a huge building block that we focus on to ensure that you're going to continue to grow. Number five is how to structure your deals. Who's going to be on title? Do you go and put a deal in a personal name or a corporate name? If you have joint ventures, how are you gonna structure these deals to ensure that you continue to grow uh, with them? We also answer any questions that you have and we help you avoid the costly financing and money mistakes investors make, sometimes not even consciously or unintentionally. Uh, we wanna make sure that you are aware of what those is as you move forward. 
And finally, we put this plan into action for you. So if your objective is to acquire 10 properties next year, let's map out, map out financing. And once you hit that goal, then we revisit the financing roadmap, update it to help you take it to the next level. So if you're an investor who's looking to scale up your portfolio or you're an investor with an existing portfolio who's looking to optimize it, or if you're looking for guidance in this environment that we're in, feel free to reach out to myself and my team for a complimentary planning session at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Myself and my team are so excited to support you on your investment journey and to guide you through the times ahead. And we are thrilled to be part of your success. So now we're going to talk about the cost, okay? We're going to talk about how do we start uh, reviewing all our statements. Like literally, you're going to start going line by line. You're going to take a, a, a deep dive in all your statements. You're going to review it literally line by line. And then as well as you, hopefully you have something like a forecasting template. Like I have a template that I use that I built off of a really good friend of mine a long time ago that I use that I will forecast cash flows for it. It's not the exact P&L statement that you get from your from your um, accountant at tax time and stuff. It's a forecasting template. And I will do pro, I will do my my cash flow analysis on this of where there's some, some issues, where's some red lights, some green lights, some yellow light. So I hope you have your forecasting templates, and I hope you're on top of your numbers. So if you're on top of all these things, here's a couple things that you might want to look at, is literally go line by line. Ask the question, okay? Like, ask some questions. Like, you know, I had a question that I just had about uh, maybe when, here's what you say, when cash flow is really, really good, right, and you're doing really well, maybe there's a few things that just kind of you let slide, right? You let slide a, a bill that comes through and you just say, well, cash flow is good. Maybe you're complacent. But during this time when cash flow is tight, you get you get really vigilant. You look literally line by line. You start asking those questions. You ask more questions. I had one other example just recently about a, a bill that I received on changing furnace filters. And I just said, I'm not even going to, it was $165 to change furnace filters, which is quite ridiculous. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go back to the property manager. I'm not just going to go berate them say, look, you suck all the you garbage. I'm firing you today. No, let's, let's have a conversation now. Please let me know. Am I misreading this? Did I, am I really reading this? That it was $165 to change furnace filters? Um, was there more in that on that that I should see? Is was there an entire furnace uh, servicing and ductwork and cleaning and all this kind of stuff? Or maybe here's an opportunity for us to have a conversation about changing a procedure. Here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to buy furnace filters for every one of my properties, every one of them, um, just so the tenant can. Because quite honestly, the tenant should be replacing it. But if the issue is they don't have it, buy it. Let's just buy an inventory of furnace filters. Leave four in every unit. Okay, or or how about when your rental agent is going and filling it? If there's a vacancy, um, have the rental agent just go check and look at it and just oh this one's clean, dirty, boom boom, fire in it. it. It'll take seven minutes. Okay, so let's just talk about the procedure on that as opposed to getting upset and you know firing the property manager and you know uh, scorched earth and fire and brimstone and you know just being that deep. Bad landlord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
right? So you're not going to be the heavy on this. You're going to just be a nice guy, right? And you're going to just uh, make sure you have that conversation with your property manager. So ask the questions line by line. Property taxes and insurance. This is one of those ones that sometimes, especially let's, let's talk insurance first. Insurance is... Um, one of those ones you should have an insurance review quite often because new players come in the marketplace, new policies. Maybe your deductible should change, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, every year, if not every two years, you should be having an insurance audit about what you're doing. Property tax is one of those ones in some cases um, can yield fruit, in some cases it can. But here's the thing is, take a look at your valuations of your properties. Now, if you're in a marketplace that has perceivedly gone down in value over the past little while since February to, to now in the marketplace. Uh, make note of what your property taxes were and get a comp and a, a, a comp, um, comparable analysis done, you know, from the summer where it was at. And next year when your property taxes come out and you get your statement of your assessments of the property values, if they're on a whack, appeal them. Go and appeal them. You just never know. We I had one, so quick story time here. Um, I'll keep this one quick because it is a long story. And honestly, I think it was seven, probably seven years we appealed every single year. And I'm not going to get into the backstory. But eventually after seven years, we appealed and we got our property taxes on an apartment building that a group of us owned. We got our property taxes almost cut in half after seven years of doing it. Okay, so it can bear fruit eventually over some time. Okay, so here's the thing is, next one is maintenance, utility, service providers. Um, tighten down on the maintenance, tighten down, like don't, don't cut out maintenance, just tighten down on the maintenance. Utilities, go back to your utility providers. Are there other options out in the marketplace? Service providers, I had, uh, there was one time when I was with one of my property managers, things were getting really, really tight. And this was in the 07, 08 timeframe and rents, you know, in my marketplace had dropped. In some cases, they were like 30% drops, like $300. I was getting $1,300 in rent and they went down to like $995 over a short period of time. And that completely sucked all the cash flow out of everything. And I had a conversation with my property manager and I said, look, oh, the, the, the water is coming in the boat. I can't bail it out as fast as it's coming in. You know, I may, I want to keep working with you. I really do. I want to I want to keep hiring you as my property manager, but I can't afford it at this moment. And they came back and said, "Well, Russ, would it help if we were able to to give you six months of free property management until you can get this?" That I was just like, I was so grateful. I had a little tear in my eye at the time. And uh, you know, what? I kept that property manager on for for probably another seven to ten years after that right? Because of just what they did. But I had that conversation with them to find out if uh, if there was an opportunity of something of working with their service providers. Okay, so next one here I'm going to share with you is maybe, you know, sometimes I don't, I wouldn't highly recommend this always, but maybe there's an opportunity for you to self-manage. Like, think about it in some cases. If, if, there, if you have a property and the property is tenanted and you have that tenant under the lease for the next year, uh, maybe there's an opportunity for you to take back the management. Maybe you were paying 10% of the gross to that. You can potentially, and let's say rent was 3000 So is that 300 plus GST? What are we, 315 315 bucks a month you're able to save? Now, don't get me wrong. There's pros and cons. You're going to have to probably find a rental agent. You're probably going to have to find a handy person. You're probably going to have to find some people there. But you may have to take your, 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 your management back. This may be the time that you just roll up the sleeves, 
get your hands a little bit dirty and, and do the work. Get into doing the with the property management there as well. So that's uh, one there. The next one after that would be, here's, here's a strategy that um, my business partner and I are doing for people that are, you know, if they're coming in and they're buying new properties and, and what they're doing is they're building in property management into the purchase cost. So maybe let's say property management is $7,000 for the year. No, $3,500 for the year. You bundle in $7,000 into the purchase price. At closing, that $7,000 go to the property management manager. You know, you build it into the mortgage at, at that time. And then what you do is you now have free property manager for 24 months until then maybe in 24 months, the rents go up. And then when the property management comes back on at that time, then you're able to absorb it. So just a thought process. But really the key thing when it comes to managing your costs is to plan and then implement. Look at it literally line by line, but more importantly, do something about it. That's the key thing. So next what we want to talk about is so remember... We've talked about increasing income up, decreasing our costs down. Now we're going to talk about sideways. We're going to talk about the extend of the E of the ice. Increase income, decrease costs, extend, I-C-E, your mortgages. All right. So for, for the first one I'm going to talk about is I'm going to offer you, remember, smorgasbord. Whole bunch of ideas. Some will work, some won't work. The best thing you need to do is you need to seek professional help. By all means, I'm not talking professional help is in laying on the couch and so tell me about your phagia. <laughs> It's not that kind of professional help. We're talking about seeking professional help, being a mortgage broker, somebody who understands this game, somebody who's in this business to help you out, seeking that professional help. Um, here's an opportunity which I will break down into a little bit even more because somebody, I had some people asking me this question about convert amortized loans into interest-only loans. It's a short-term strategy, and I will break that down a little bit further for everybody here. Um, maybe there's an opportunity for you to consolidate some debts some outstanding debts, car lease payments. Maybe you you take a, a property, you have lots of equity, you get some, one line of credit or you get one capital against that. And then that one capital pays off like five or six or seven small other lines of credit, plus maybe a car loan, stuff like that. Okay, you consolidate into one payment. Typically, having one payment is lower in a monthly nut to pay than having seven different payments over different seven different instruments. And then here's a strategy that um, somebody recently shared with me. Um, so the simple concept is being able to port the mortgage. So the person was in out in Eastern Canada, had a property they wanted to sell. And what they were going to do is uh, start pivoting to a new marketplace. So they're, they're using a lot of these strategies already. They're pivoting to a marketplace that's more business friendly, that they can buy properties at uh, less of a price point that have a greater chance of cash flowing. Okay, so the person was able to sit there and contact their bank, sell the property. When they sell it, they're going to port that mortgage. Why would they want to port that mortgage? Because they have a really low locked-in interest rate on that porting of that mortgage. And then they're going to port it over to a new property or, or a bigger property with more units in the new marketplace that has a greater opportunity of cash flowing. They're going to port that low interest rate over to a new property, and they'll have a wonderful uh, new property that will cash flow because they ported over their mortgage. All right, so that's a strategy as there as well, is just porting over your mortgage. So the next one I'm gonna share with you here is the following. 
is um, we're going to talk about potentially, now a couple of these are really short-term Band-Aid solutions, like skip a payments. This one is a really short-term Band-Aid, kick the can down the road kind of a, a thing, is uh, many banks will offer you a uh, skip a payment option. If you're able to skip a, pr uh, a payment on a property, what they do is they just take the interest for that month, they add it to the principal, and some, the, the, the best one for this is, is RBC. If you have any RBC mortgages, I think every 12 months, Honestly, with just a click of a button on their website, you can uh, potentially skip the next month's mortgage payment if you qualify for it, okay? Um, I'm doing that right now. Actually, a partner of mine, one of my partners right now, um, he's turning in his 80s and he's looking to exit. He just wants to clean out, clean off the, the books and get rid of everything. And so we're selling a property and the property just went vacant on that. So next month, we're going to skip the mortgage payment on that property while we're selling it. Okay, so that will add another, you know, save us like, I think it was like 900 bucks uh, of that for that next month. Well, while there's no rent coming in and we're trying to sell it, let's try to save some, some capital. So we did a skip a payment on, on that uh, as well. Okay, so that's the one thing I want to do is talk about skip a payment. The next thing I want to share with you is maybe there's an opportunity for you to extend the mortgage principle. And I've heard this and I've just heard from people that literally just went into their branch, like went into the bank that holds the mortgage and just saying, you know, I know the payment's gone up and stuff like that. What can you do? Is there a possibility to extend this out to 40 years or 30 years? And I have some math I'm going to share with you here again. Extend it back to original amortization, which is the next one that we're going to talk about here as well. But encourage you not to just lie down and just take it. Like, by all means, go talk with the bank that holds a mortgage and ask them what options they have. I had a conversation with a mortgage broker the other day, and he'd be, he said, there's lots of lenders out there that will offer 40-year amortizations. Now, don't get, don't get upset when the rates are even higher, or maybe you have to pay some fees and stuff like that. But extending the amortization is a wonderful way of lowering the payment. The next one is the uh, renewals. And this term is something I learn and I use it quite often and have used it quite often over the years is when you say you have a, a property and you bought it, it started at 30-year amortization. And then five years later, if everything goes according to the schedule, there should be 25 years left on the amortization. At renewal time, I went back to the to the bank and said, are you okay if we extend it back to the original amortization of 30 years? And in some cases, you have to requalify, reapply. In some cases, honest to goodness, it was just a, a paper shuffle, some signing documents. It was really simple. But if you're taking something, so obviously you started at 30, you paid it down for five years, the balance is lower. So you're taking a lower balance and then extending it back out to 30 again. Your payments will go down, okay? Now that's what I'm going to share with you here is let me share a little bit of math here with you. So let's have some fun with uh, some, some mortgage math fun. So in this first slide over here, this is a $400,000 mortgage at a 5% interest. Let's say um, I'm diligently paying it down and over the last you know five years, it's been accelerated because a lot of going, was going to the principal pay down over the last five years. And then um, what you would do is maybe you revert back to the original 30-year amortization you know, there's a $575 a month difference by taking it and reverting it back to an original 30. That's just one example. Now, let's take this example. So let's say the example was uh, that the uh, it was 25 years, so it only went down in five years in amortization. Right there is a, you know, what is that? A couple hundred bucks, $291 difference. 
between that of just taking it, you've been paying it down for, for five years to 25 years, you revert it back to original amortization of 30 years going there. Now, maybe there's an opportunity you can take that out to 40 years, or maybe there's an opportunity, maybe you have a, a multifamily with five or so units on the property. Maybe you can apply for the MLI Select program from CMHC and you can take it out to 50 year amortizations. Okay. So just being engaged in the process, having those conversations with your lenders, which is absolutely critical as part of the process. Now, this next one I'm going to share with you is the Readvanceable Mortgage Strategy. This one was shared to me by my our good friend of, of the YouTube channel, our my YouTube channel and podcast, Dahlia Barsoom. Now, gang, if you're if you're um following along my podcast, Dahlia uh, on a weekly basis shares these wonderful mortgage financing tips. Like they're in and of itself, just like that's five three to seven minutes of that mortgage financing tip. That's just gold that I, I we cut into that on the podcast. So I would highly encourage you to to make sure you take a look at that. So within that, there's wonderful tips. And one that she just recently shared was on this readvanceable mortgage strategy. Now I'm going to walk you through it in concept, okay? Uh, but this is essentially the simplest way to, to describe this is how you can take a mortgage that has a principal and interest component to it and turn it into an interest only. And this is something I've been walking through with some of my clients, but Dahlia did a wonderful job on my most recent podcast episode of sharing this with everybody. Okay, so what we do here first and foremost is number one is you may have to convert your mortgage, right? If you don't already have one of these readvanceable mortgage products, for example, um, like I said, Scotia, as a step program, RBC has wonderful program. A lot of uh, banks out there have readvanceable mortgage products. Simplest way to describe it is you have a mortgage, interest, and principal. You also have a line of credit that's uh, attached to it too. So you have a mortgage and you have a line of credit. As you pay down the mortgage, the line of credit balance goes up. Okay, that's the simplest way to describe it is, is that way. So maybe you have to convert a mortgage to a readvanceable product. Then each month as you pay it down, like I showed with the, my hands, was each month you pay it down, the principal goes down, right? And then the interest will start, uh, The sorry, each month you pay it down, the principal balance goes down and you get it readvanced to the line of credit would be the best way to, to say that, right? I said, as each month, you pay it down, you get advanceable more money to your line of credit. And then what you potentially can do is you can take that accessible in, uh, capital on your line of credit and convert it into cash in your bank account. Now, understand that this is just a short-term solution. It really is. It's uh, one of those band-aid, kick the can down the road a little bit, but it can definitely help. So think about this for a second. So every month, the mortgage gets paid down, okay? Every month, the line of credit uh, balance goes up of available capital. So potentially what you could do is, let's say every month or maybe every six months, you take that, and let's use real life numbers. Let's use numbers. Um, so let's say your mortgage payment was, let me just simple numbers, $2,000 a month. 1,000 went to interest, 1,000 went to principal reduction, okay? Every month, in theory, you should be getting another additional available capital in your line of credit of $1,000 a month. Okay, so let's say after six months, you have $6,000 available, you take that $6,000 from the line of credit, dump it into cash in the bank, so you now have the next six months of cash requirements. Now on, um, 
And, and some of you going, well, Russ, but you're, you're raising your amount of line, capital of your, on your line of credit. Well, let's just do some quick math. So $6,000 and let's say it's 5% interest, 300 bucks divided by 12. That's an extra $25 a month in, in cost. So you can get access to 6,000 for $25, okay? For $25 additional cost. What you're really just doing is you're putting cash in the bank to help absorb the uh, the, the tighter cash flow for the next six months. And then hopefully within the next year, you're able to raise your rents. If you're in a marketplace where you can raise your rents, maybe get a tenant out that's under-rented, and you're able to then absorb that. And then a year from now, you go back to the original amortization where you're not having to pull out that capital. Like I said, this is a strategy for, for you to use you know, I'm not saying desperate times, but sometimes no stone unturned. You just have to look at everything. So this is a wonderful strategy for you to incorporate. Make sure you talk to a good qualified mortgage broker to make sure it makes sense for what you are doing. Okay, so here's a question that I get all the time, and I'm going to just share some insights for you as well. So, Russell, I'm renewing my mortgage right now or within the next few months, what type of mortgage should I be taking? Okay, so here's what I would share with you uh, on this. Now, here's um, just a couple quick thought processes. First of all, and first and foremost, seek professional advice. Go see a mortgage broker. Don't do this on your own. Like, like honestly, if you if you have an eye problem, you go see an optometrist, right? You go see an optometrist to get your eye fixed. You don't go see a podiatrist if you have an eye problem. You go see an optometrist. No different than when it comes to this uh, fi- uh, mortgage brokers. Don't go see the every run-of-the-mill mortgage broker that can just get your, your home mortgage. Go see a mortgage broker that understands rental properties, understands investor finance. Financing. Go see the optometrist, not the podiatrist, of the mortgage brokers. So go see things there. The next thing I'd say is uh, all, be, be prepared. You will be paying more. Like, really. And then I would encourage you to get all the rates and all the options available. Don't just take, most people just take the five-year variable or the five-year fix and they don't get anything. Get all all the numbers, get all the options, get all of them, put them all together, evaluate all the different pros and cons, everything. And what I'm hearing right now from some of my sophisticated mortgage brokering people is uh, taking shorter term fixed, i.e. one, maybe three at the most, getting that shorter term fixed rate because some forecasts that they're seeing and, and that they're hearing about is in a year from now, uh, maybe two years from now, interest rates are gonna be coming back down again right? And you don't want to maybe be locked in for five years at a really high interest rate. Maybe you, a shorter term fixed makes more sense. Now, here's what I'm going to do. So let's let's take a few, few numbers here. Um, so this is something that I pulled up. Oh, put it back up. I wanted to get my uh, drawing here. So on, on this screen, there are the different available options, okay? So what you can do is you can click very clearly see over here, you go everywhere from six months all the way down to the variable rate down here. Now, for example, the variable rate down at the bottom is at 4.55. Now, let me just quickly preface this. Um, your rates that you will get will be completely different. This is something that I pulled off of a mortgage broker who I follow and stuff online, things like that. It's pretty close, but your your numbers will 100% be different. So that's why you get all the numbers and evaluate. But I'm just doing this for illustration purposes. Okay, so I would take a look at this. I see variable at 4.55, and I see a one-year up here at the top at 4.89. 
there's not that big of a gap between that. Or even I see one that's actually even appealing to is at $499 for a three-year. What I would do in this case scenario, if this was presented to me, would be I would take the one-year fixed at 4.89, lock my rate in for the next 12 months, and then reevaluate it in another six to nine months from now to then reevaluate what I'm going to do from there. Just determine if the rate cycle of variables is going to be better. Maybe there's going to be some more discounts off of very prime at that time. You just never know. So, but what I would do is I'm currently renewing right now is I would take the one year fixed at 4.89. Now, if you're listening or or watching, your the rates will be completely different when you get your numbers, but make sure you just analyze it. So just do what I just did for an analysis purpose. Okay, so that's the one thing I would do for, for that if I was wanting to take the next step on a renewal. Okay, so for next steps for you, like seriously, what do we want to do from here? Like I mentioned many times, it's not about what's happening in the marketplace, but what you're going to do about it. So Here's a few simple next steps for each of you to take is number one is be vigilant. Really be vigilant right now. Be engaged. This is not the time to bury your head in the sand. This is the, the time to turn over every stone. This is the time to look at everything. There's, you know, there are opportunities out there. There are amazing um you know, buying opportunities, there's amazing cash flow optimization opportunities, there's amazing opportunity to cutting your costs and fixing a lot of things that have just been broken, maybe things have been complacent for a little bit too long, and what you're just going to do is you're just going to start doing the work. You formulate a plan, and then you just get out there and you start executing it against it. And most important, I think I've said this about seven times during this presentation, is make sure you seek guidance have experts of people who have been through this before you. Make sure you seek those guidance of people that have been there through there through thick or thin, okay? And I found this quote, this is one of my favorite quotes of all time, and this is from Jim Rohn. If any of you don't know who Jim Rohn is, Jim Rohn was, uh, was the person who taught Tony Robbins, literally everything. Is Jim Rohn has this wonderful quote, is don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. Don't wish for less challenge, wish for more wisdom. So that's one of the key things I want to share with each and every one of you is make sure that you are leaning in. Make sure you're doing the work. Challenging times come and go, really. Um, the most important thing I want for you is I want you during this challenging time in the marketplace, if you're having a challenging time. Some people are just having just phenomenal opportunity time. But more, more people are probably having some struggles and challenges. This is an opportunity for you to clean up. This is an opportunity for you to get better. This is an opportunity for you to get stronger. And this is an opportunity for you to hit the ground running faster at a more of a velocity than you've ever hit before. And when market conditions change, you're ready for the next growth cycle and you're just going to take off. You didn't bury your head in the sand. You didn't crawl up in a fetal position and suck in your thumb and, oh, woe is me, oh, poor me, the market's turned and everything like that. You actually got better. You built your skills. You made something of this and you hit the ground running faster. And then when the market conditions start getting more favorable for you, you're stronger. You're faster. You can take advantage of the next market swing. All right, gang? So that right there is a few of the things that I wanted to share with you. So if any of you are interested, if you're want to jump onto my podcast. I've got on the screen here for you right now um, a couple QR codes. If you're an Apple person or a Spotify person, 
pause the video if you're watching this, scan this, jump onto the podcast. I uh, would be happy if you could subscribe to that. Or if you if video is your bag, you know, jump onto the YouTubes. I've had a wonderful, uh, fun opportunity of interviewing some of the best of the best out there. And my YouTube channel and podcast is just growing left, right, and center. And I would be honored if you'd want to subscribe to kind of follow along on the journey. Okay, gang, so those are the strategies to help you optimize your cash flow. All right, so did you enjoy this episode? Was it, was it entertaining? Was it informative? Did it give you, uh, were you, uh, you know, with the movie reference that I had in there, were you, were you, is your, your belly full of incredible strategies for you to implement and execute against? Now, here's the key thing from this is, um, what are you going to do about it? Like, seriously, like how bad do you want it? Like some of these things are going to take some time. Some of these things are going to take some effort. And some of these things, you're not going to know what the heck you're doing, but how bad do you want it? right? Are you just going to roll over? Are you just going to let the market pass you by? Are you just going to accept it and just let things slowly slide downhill and just, you know, get into complacency mode? Or are you going to just lean into it? You're going to grab the bull by the horns and let's fix this. Let's get after it. Let's be one of those people that do versus just talk about it. Or years from now is, yeah, you know, years from now you're sitting, the you know, I tried that real estate thing. Yeah, I tried it. Yeah. Didn't quite work, you know. Interest rates went up. Oh, interest rates went up. Market value started going down. Uh, you know, oh, well, try something else. Or you can be one of those ones of going, you know what? When those interest rates started going up, I pivoted. I changed. I shored up my strategy. I got my cash flow optimized. And then I learned new strategies. I leaned into my coaching. I leaned into my um, community. I leaned in and learned new things, sharpened the saw, sharpened my skill set, and then took that and I took it up to the next level. I actually used that opportunity during that slowdown when maybe values went down and interest rates went up. I used that to take that to the next level. Which one are you going to be? You have a choice, just as an FYI. It is 100% your choice. Now, I know if you're listening to this podcast and you're a faithful subscriber, I know which choice you're going to make because I know which choice I'm making. And if you're interested in keeping going with your journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you maybe come out and see a live speaking engagement that we're going to have, I'm going to be having in the next little while. And ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, make sure you're intentional on how you live your life because in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.